Hello, good evening. Welcome to another episode of Brett's All Time Radio Show and welcome to my home here in beautiful Lime Bay. A huge Monday welcome and thank you for joining us once again for our regular late night visit to those dusty studio archives of old time radio shows right here at my home on the south coast of the United Kingdom. I'm Brett. I'm your host for our nighttime podcast. Welcome to another episode. I do hope your Monday's gone well. It's not been a busy one, particularly for me. I've just been in the studio working on bits and pieces. I had a couple of jobs come in. One of them was an advert for a radio station in Thailand. So that was a a little bit different. I'm Brett. I'm your host for our nighttime podcast. Welcome to another episode. I've got Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. They're all called Brett's Old Time Radio Show. I would love it if you could follow me. We've also got a supporter page at patreon.com forward slash Brett's Old Time Radio Show. And if I could ask you a massive imposition, a big favour, if you could share our show across your social media, across your friends, it would be much appreciated. Time now for our evening of comedy with Hancock's Half Hour. This is episode 18 of series 5. It's called The Prize Money. The BBC presents Tony Hancock, Sidney James, Bill Kerr, Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams in... Hancock's Half Hour. What is your favourite colour? Uh, green. You did say green. Green? Green. You don't mean red. No, no, no. I mean... No. Oh, dear. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, he said no. Hard luck. <laughs> Remember, you mustn't say yes or no in this game. And the next competitor, please. <laughs> Good evening, sir. We, um, we have met before, haven't we? We have. I've forgotten the name. It was Jim, wasn't it? It was not Jim. Oh, how that's right. It's Anthony, isn't it? It is. Anthony Smith. Anthony Hancock. Anthony Hancock. That is correct. You didn't say yes, then? I did not. Going away for your holidays this year? I am. Where are you going, Clacton? I am not. Do you like Clacton? I do. You think you're going to get away with this, don't you? I hope so. You hope so? That is correct. You're not sure? I... I am not sure. You could do with the money, couldn't you? I could. You're not married, are you? I am not married. You're sure you're not married? I am not married. I did ask you what you did for a living, didn't I? You did not ask me what I did for a living. Are you a bus driver? I am not a bus driver. What's your favourite colour? Blue. Blue? It is. It's not red? It is not. It's blue? That is correct. You did say you're not married, didn't you? I did. What do you do for a living? I'm a comedian. You're a comedian? That is correct. You make people laugh. (laughs) Oh, come on, don't be shy. You make people laugh. Now and again. You are married, aren't you? I am not married. I asked you that before, didn't I? You did. You weren't nodding your head then, were you? I was not. You do live in Birmingham. I live in Cheam. Cheam. That is correct. And you've won. Ah, that's wonderful. Yes. And here's five shillings. Now, now don't go away. We come now to the pick your box part. I ask you three simple questions, and if you get them all right, you can pick a key to open one of the boxes that contain our star prizes for tonight. 
Nobody, not even me, knows which prize is in what box. Do you understand that? I do. <laughs> Are you ready? I am. Right. Uh, here we go with question number one. Is the name Toreador a Spanish word for exit, a bullfighter, or an Italian cheese? It is a bullfighter. And he's right! Ah, that's wonderful. <laughs> and here's the second question. Is Plymouth Hoe something you rake the garden with, a square dance, or a grassy stretch of land in Plymouth? Ah, wait a minute. I should know this. Uh, Plymouth Hoe, um... Ah, uh, um... Did you say your name was Drake? No, no, it's Hancock, Anthony Hancock. <laughs> yes, but don't you play bowls? <laughs> what are you doing down there? What are you talking about? You're getting me mixed up with one of the other competitors. Don't confuse me. Plymouth Hoe. No, it's no good. I'll just have to take a guess at that one. I'll say it's a grassy piece of land in Plymouth. Tony. Yes? I've got a surprise for you. What? You are perfectly right. <laughs> You've only got one more to get, haven't you? I have. Then you can pick a key, can't you? I can. I'll bet you're nervous, aren't you? I am. Well, here's the last question. If you were on a holiday in Deutschland, where would you be? Italy, France, or Germany? Italy, France, Germany. Germany, he's right! He's got it! <laughs> now, which key are you going to pick? Well, let's see. Now, my mother's lucky number is seven. She lives at number seven. She was born on the 7th of the 7th, 1907. She had seven children. I'll pick number five. <laughs> you picked the key to box number five. I have. Give you five pounds for it. No, no. Five pounds ten? No. Six pounds? Six pounds ten? No. I did say eight pounds, didn't I? Nine pounds? I'm offering you ten pounds. No, 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 no. I'll, I'll open the box. I'll open Eleven the box. pounds. Eleven pounds ten. No, it's a lot of money, isn't it? Eleven pounds ten. No, no, I'll take a chance. All right. You've turned down. Eleven pounds ten for box number five. All right. Well, I'll go over and see what's in it. That's it. Open the box. Take the card out. Hand it to me. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> How much did you turn down for it? Eleven pounds ten. Oh, dear. Eleven pounds ten. Do you know what you've won? No, no. Tell me, tell me. What have I won? Don't keep me in suspense. You've won four elastic bands. Uh. <laughs> <sighs> which are holding together four bundles of pound notes, which amount to our star prize tonight of four thousand pounds. <laughs> Griselda, did you see me on telly? I did it. I won. Did you see me? Oh, yes. Isn't it wonderful? You were marvellous, Mr. Hancock. So cool the way you answered those questions. Well, I felt very proud of you up there. A wonderful display of clear thinking, cool-minded, calculating knowledge. 
And I'll have my six months back wages, if you don't mind. Well, stone me. Wait till I got the elastic bands off. £400, 12 shillings and sixpence. Oh, all right. I've still got 3,600. <laughs> I'm rich. Rich. What are you going to do with it all, Tub? Well, first of all, we'll celebrate. We'll have a party. I want everybody to share my good fortune. A party. Come on, open that bottle of stout and get the glasses out. <laughs> a bottle of stout to celebrate? We had more than that to drink at my uncle's funeral. I'm not, I'm not interested in your primitive family customs. There will be no bacchanalian orgies in this house. Temperance I have always preached and temperance I will practice, no matter what worldly goods I acquire. Drink is an evil. An evil. An evil that poisons the body. There will be no alcohol consumed here to befuddle the mind and inflame the senses while I am master under this roof. And now, while you are all studying your leaflets, Dr. Hancock will give you a solo on his tambourine. <laughs> I don't think it's very funny to mock a man's principles. I haven't noticed any principles when somebody else is buying it. <laughs> Who are you trying to impress? For years you've been known all over Cheam as the brewer's friend. <laughs> That was when I had no money. And my life was a drab, poverty-ridden existence, and drink was the only escape I had from these cheap rooms. In it, I found solace from the black reality of the world around me. But now I am loaded, I have no more need for artificial stimuli. The public bar of the Hand and Racket will no more see my shadow leaning up against the frosted glass at five to six, waiting for the doors to open. I'll have to find some other poor wretch to collect the glasses up of a Saturday night. The customer's never left enough in them to make the job worthwhile anyway. So you're going to keep all that money? You're not going to spend any of it? No, I am not. A fool and his money are soon parted. This good fortune has come at a very opportune time. There's a lot to be done with it. <laughs> I certainly don't intend to fritter it away on drink and low company. I'm not getting any younger, William. I'm 33, and what have I got to show for it? Now, William, this may be my last chance to get some security. I'm going to sort this money away for my old age, and nobody is going to touch a penny of it. Hello, Hancock. <laughs> oh, look! Money! Isn't it marvellous? He can hear a pound note rustling downwind two miles away. You want to invest that money, Hancock? Now, I've got a little scheme... You are that... not having any. Look at his fingers twitching there. Look at them. Like a fly rubbing his two back legs together. Look at him. <laughs> you can take that rubber thimble off your finger. I was only going to count it. I know how much is there. You're not getting anywhere near it, matey. He's come all prepared. Look at him. A damp sponge. Half a dozen copper bags. A pair of bank scales and a Gladstone bag. No, 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 you got it wrong, Hancock. I just happened to be passing, Just boy. happened to be passing. You were watching the television. You saw me win it. You were up out of your chair, had your hat and coat on before I'd left the studio. No, 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 mate. Look, I'm just thinking of you. 4,000 acres is a lot of money. I want to see you put it to the best advantage. You want security for your old age. How better than to invest it? Double it. Then you won't have to worry for the rest of your life. You could at least listen to him. You should do something with your money. After all, you need only invest half of it. What can you lose? Two thousand quid. <laughs> you forget I've been involved in his investments before. There was that foolproof scheme for growing rice in Hyde Park. <laughs> He'd got government permission to flood it and turn it into a paddy field. 
I was caught standing in the serpentine with me trousers rolled up, planting rice. <laughs> and was released on bail pending a medical report. <laughs> then, of course, I mean, we mustn't forget these gold mines in Epping Forest. <laughs> 200 pounds an acre for the mining rights. I was up there for three weeks with me frying pan and not a smell of it. You found a bit of gold. True. It was a filling that dropped out when me pickaxe flew up and hit me in the face. And of course, I mean, there are other schemes that spring readily to mind. The Richmond Park banana plantation. <laughs> then, of course, we had the South Downs grass dyeing scheme. To raise sheep with the wool already coloured. <laughs> the money lending company. I lent the money and he borrowed it under a different name. I mean, I could go on all night. Yeah, 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 but this one's different. I've got a scheme here that can't possibly fail. It'll mean luxury for everybody who's lucky enough to have money invested in it. Not a penny piece is leaving this house. But you cannot afford not to be in on this. It's the biggest moneymaker I've ever been associated with. All I need is a little capital. And I got a project here that'll make a million. It'll bring all the people flocking back to the cinemas. What is it? Gin and tonic on sticks. <laughs> Gin and tonic on sticks. No, no, Sid, it wouldn't work. What about the licensing hours? Halfway through the big picture, right at the big dramatic climax, you get the usherettes coming out. Time in a piece, lick up there, I'll stick me. There you are, I'll stick me. No, 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 no. You, you can't do it, Sid. If I decide to invest my money, I shall invest it in sound securities. Government bonds. Well, I'll make up your mind. <laughs> well, I think it's criminal for all that money to be just laying there in the bank when we could all be benefiting from it. What's all this we business? It is mine. I answered the questions. It was my brain that won it. Yeah. But who practised with you for weeks? Who banged the dinner gong every time you said yes and no? Me. Who was going to get half the money if you won? Me. Who hasn't got anything out of it so far? Me. Who's going to get a clout round the ear hole in a minute? <laughs> Me? Exactly. Talk about vultures fighting over the pickings. I haven't been home ten minutes and it's all divided up in your minds, isn't it? Well, you're not getting anything. I may distribute a few gratuities when I've had a word with my accountant, Mr Goldwater. Till then, you can take it that the funds are frozen. And now the excitement of night has left me rather fatigued. I shall retire to my room with the Financial Times and a stick of eau de cologne. All right. Now then. How are we going to get that money off him? What about waiting till he's asleep and hitting him on the head with an iron bar? Yeah, that's a good idea. Look, no, I'll go fetch... I won't stand for that sort of going on. I will not stand by and condone violence. We'll tie him up in a sack, put him in a crate, and send him to Aberdeen. No, no, no. He might shout. Somebody will hear him. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Ian, what about standing him in a bowl of water and sticking his finger in the electric light socket? <laughs> no, no, we haven't got electric. Hey, we could put his finger in the gas mantle. What good will that do? Oh, I... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Hey, look, suppose we tie a bit of string across the top of the stairs, open his door and yell fire. 
No, you couldn't guarantee it. You know what a thick head he's got. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's have a think. Hey. Yeah. What about you kidnapping me and then sending him a ransom note saying that unless he pays you £3,000, he'll never see me again? Are you kidding? He's offered me 30 bob to get rid of you as it is. <laughs> hey, wait a minute, I've got it. What about grinding up a window pane into his chicken curry? Aren't there any ways of getting the money off him without harming him? There must be a legal way of getting no, it. No, 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 no. Well, let's not have anything legal, if you don't mind. Always a bit dodgy messing about with legal things. You can get yourself into dead trouble. Let's stick to methods I'm familiar with. Now, wait a minute. Let's belt him with the sand in the shock. I'll have can... no part in any violence. Oh, blimey, women are a right drag. Take all your initiative out of you. Unless we can get the money legally, I'd rather forget about it. How do other people manage it? There are always ways and means. Well, there's always blackmail. What about his past life? What's that been like? Well, he once bought six eggs during the war off a man with a moustache. Is that all? Yeah. That information's not worth three and six, let alone three and a half thousand. I think we're on the right track. Now, wait a minute. Something crafty, that's what we need. Sort of uh, educated fiddle as opposed to brute force. The only people I know who can get money out of men are women. How do you mean? Oh, you know, the usual dodgers. Some old boiler turns up and says he promised to marry her 15 years ago and he walked out on her and she's going to sue him for breach of promise unless he'd like to settle out of court. I knew a girl who made a living that way. I mean, what man can remember all the girls he proposed to 15 years ago? There's always one or two he's forgotten all about, so the man pays up just in case to avoid trouble. That's it. That's it. Hancock wouldn't risk going to court. A man in his position couldn't stand a publicity. Mud always sticks. He'd pay up just to keep him quiet. Now, supposing some of his ex-wives turn up as well, claiming maintenance. What ex-wives? The ones we're going to hire. <laughs> now, wait a minute. We'll hire some women who'll pretend he was married to them years ago and he deserted them. And they didn't know where he was till they saw him on telly. Then they want 15 years back maintenance from him and they'll take him to court unless he pays them all. It'll never work. Why not? Where are you going to find a woman stupid enough to admit she's married to him? It'll work, it'll work. I know a couple of old dudes who admit anything for a large port. I'll call them now. Now, Sydney, please. This is a nasty trick to play on someone of Mr Hancock's sensitivity. And I won't stand here and listen to it. So I'll go upstairs while you call the old dears. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. You'll be pleased to know that I've decided what I am going to do with the money. I am putting it in a trust fund for me. <laughs> no one else can touch it. It just stays there and accumulates, and it is all mine. Now, I think that's a very good idea. It doesn't matter what you say, you're not having any. Well, I think you're very wise. You've done the right thing. It's no use trying to talk me out of it. Nobody else is going to get a penny of it. And you're being very sensible, son. Yes, it's the best thing you could have done. too happy about the apparent change of attitude here. <laughs> Methinks there is something rotten in the state of Cheem. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, 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 you're quite right, boy. It's your money. You're entitled to do what you like with it. And good luck to you, mate. Oh. Well, I'm glad to see you've given up trying to wheedle it out of me. 
I'm glad you've at last realised that I don't intend to let any of it go. Because I'm adamant, you know. <laughs> I'm absolutely adamant. Dead adamant, I am. <laughs> of course you are. Good. Two bits of fried bread, please, Miss Pugh. You're not up to anything, you lot. Oh, no, 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 no. Because no. it, it won't do any good. <laughs> Cut the rind off the bacon. I don't want it curling up. <laughs> I do hate curly bacon. <laughs> I mean, you're quite resigned to not getting any money. Yes, yes, of course we are. You don't hold it against me. No, no, no. Have another cup of tea. Thank you. It won't do you any good, you know, all this crawling around me. You won't get anything. We're not after anything. We've forgotten all about the money. Here, have another piece of toast. Thank you. You all seem to be waiting for something. <laughs> no, 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 we're not waiting for anything. That's her. That's who? Someone at the door. <laughs> I'll go. Well, who's that at this hour of the morning, then? Right. Well, I don't know. Mr Hancock, there's a lady to see you. A lady? I can't receive a lady sitting in my shorty pyjamas. <laughs> well, blimey, put your overcoat on. This way, madam. There he is. That's him. I'd recognise him anywhere. Horace. Horace, my darling, I've found you at last. Horace? Who's Horace? Oh, Horace, you haven't changed a bit. You're just as cuddly as you ever were. Are you addressing me, madam? Oh, don't say you don't recognise me, Horace. It's me, Anastasia. <laughs> there must be some mistake, madam. My name is not Horace. I am Anthony Hancock. Oh, I know you call yourself Anthony Hancock now. But the minute I saw you on television, I knew you were Horace Butterfoot, the young boy I married in Gateshead in 1943. Married? Me? To you? In Gateshead? <laughs> You've got the wrong man, madam. I've never been Horace Butterfoot in my life. But you were up in Gateshead in 1943, weren't you? Well, yes, three days waiting to go abroad. That was it. That was all we had. Three glorious days together before you walked up the gangplank and sailed off. All these years, I knew you weren't dead. I wish I was. <laughs> Look, madam, this is all very heart-rending and I'm very sorry you've lost your husband, but you've got the wrong Horace Butterfoot. I know I used to use some funny names when I went to the naffy dances, but... No. <laughs> never Horace Butterfoot and never, madam, with the likes of you. Horace... Horace, you're not going to deny that you're my husband. I certainly am, madam. I've never set eyes on you before in my life. So, that's the game, is it? You deserted me as a young man, and now you're trying to disown me. Perhaps you were it on the edge during the war, and you've forgotten me. I was never it on the edge during the war, and I'm not your husband. Well, well, well. Fancy you having a wife in Gateshead all these years and never telling us. Don't you start. I have no idea who this person is. Ah, come off it, Horace. And don't call me Horace. Come on, come on, own up. You got away with it for 15 years. Women of the world, I know how it is. Young lad just going overseas. Could happen to anybody. But you got to face up to your responsibilities now. Go back to her. I was never with her. She is a complete stranger. You don't have to explain. We all went off the rails a bit during the war. I never went off the rails. I hardly had a chance to get off the train. Oh, stop grizzling, woman. Well, it doesn't matter for me. But what am I going to tell little Gerald? <laughs> little Gerald. Oh, no, you never saw him, did you? 
is 14 now and is the living image of you. Oh, no, now, come, I'm not having that. No, 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 I mean, that's going too far. I... Horace Butterfoot, I'm ashamed of you. Why don't you go home to your wife and family? Yeah, go home, Horace Butterfoot. <laughs> I haven't got a wife and family. She's mistaken me for somebody else. I'd never mistake you. I'd recognise those feet anywhere. <laughs> There's not another pair of feet like them in the world. But what are you going to do about it? That's what I want to know. Do about what? About me and little Gerald. Yes, what are you going to do about her and little Gerald? This is ridiculous. I don't know anything about it. A shame on you denying your own offspring. Men like you ought to be locked up. I demand you do the right thing by me and Gerald. Fifteen years back maintenance and money to educate him proper. Ah, I see. That's the way the wind's blowing. Yes, you're after me money. Well, I deserve it, don't I? I've had to bring him up while you were away gallivanting about the continent. I've had to scrub floors to buy the food when you turned your back on us. You are not getting a penny out of me. The judge will make you pay up. Hey, what judge? I'll take you to court. I'll sue you for maintenance. That'll make you cough up. You can't do that. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> Oh, this is going to look good in the papers, won't it? Famous comedian deserts wife and child. Refuses to contribute to their upkeep. I'd pay up if I were you, mate. Only cost you a couple of grand. You'd be satisfied with 2,000 nickel, wouldn't you, missus? Yes, thank you. Go on, Horace. Do the decent thing. This is conspiracy. I refuse to be blackmailed. I deny all knowledge of this woman. Albert! Albert, I found you at last! Oh, my... Darling Albert, where have you been all these years? I am not Albert, I'm Horace. I'm, uh, I, I mean, I... Oh, I've been looking for you for 15 years. Ever since that day you kissed me goodbye on Crew Station. Crew? Gateshead? Blimey, you had a good trip up from London, didn't you? <laughs> Look, I don't know this woman either. I've never seen her before. How can you say you don't know me? You're little Elsie. I recognised you the minute I saw you on television. The man you swore his eternal love for me when he put the ring on my finger. Oh, no, not another one. Hey, where else did that train stop at, Tub? <laughs> Who are all these people, Albert? Albert, she's talking to you. Who are these women, Albert? He's my husband, Doris Butterfoot. He's not. He's my husband, Albert Lightwater. You take your hands off my husband. Well, don't you speak to me like that. I'll have my husband throw you out of the house. He's my husband. He's my husband. Now, ladies, 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 shut up a minute. There's only one way to find out whose legal husband he is. Now then, leaving London by train, does crew come before Gateshead or after it? Before it. That settles it. Albert Lightwater, this is your wife. <laughs> My darling Albert. Well, if he's her husband, then he's a bigamist. I am not a bigamist. I'm not even a wanamist. <laughs> Albert, stop talking to this person and come on home with me. The twins want to see you. Well, good luck to him because I'm not coming home with you or anybody else. I am stopping here. You're deserting me again? Yes. Then I demand me conjugal rights. Fifteen years, back maintenance and allowance for the twins. And I demand compensation for going through a bigamous form of marriage. All right, Ingalls, what about 2,000 nickel apiece? Would that heal your broken hearts? Yes, yes, that's well, all right. All right, then. Well, hey, what, Hancock, what a good job you kept that money. You'd have been in a very nasty position there, boy. 
you can think yourself dead lucky you can buy them off. I'm not buying off anybody who I've never seen before. Sydney, shall I ring Fleet Street now, or shall I wait till after the court case? Now, wait a minute. Now, look, let's not be too hasty about this. I mean, time a public figure, something like this could ruin my career. 4,000 necker. Very well. But I do this under protest. This is every penny I possess in the world. Tab, are you sure that train didn't stop anywhere else? No. It was an express right through to Scotland. My darling Angus McTavish, I found you at last, Angus. It's me, Angus. You're in with Maggie. Oh, the bairns will be pleased to see their feather at last. You're too late. It's all gone, mate. <laughs> if you'd moved down to rugby, you might have caught me at the first stop. <laughs> You've been listening to Hancock's Half Hour, starring Tony Hancock with Sidney James, Bill Kerr, Hattie Jakes and Kenneth Williams. Theme and incidental music composed and conducted by Wally Stott. The show written by Alan Simpson and Ray Galton. The programme was produced for the BBC by Tom Ronald. Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed our latest episode of Hancock's Half Hour. And don't forget, it's Mystery and Adventure with Sherlock Holmes and Dr. Watson tomorrow going live at 5pm GMT. As I mentioned earlier, we've got a supporter page, patreon.com forward slash Brett's Time Radio Show. Thanks for listening. I'll be with you seven days a week, each and every week, and I'll see you tomorrow on Brett's Time Radio Show. Love you. Bye. <laughs>